welcome to the Daily Brew, the devotional where every day we try a new brew and see what God is brewing for us in the Bible. Yes, it's cheesy, but it's true. And you have got us on day 111, 111, that's right. Well done. You have made it to 111. You are smashing it through this year. And I promise you are going to get Harry back very soon. This is the very last homebrew day. And tomorrow we're doing our Superstore bought can or bottle. It's going to be lots of fun. Before we get into today's brew though, let's check out the scriptures that we're going to be speaking about today. What you're going to be reading, what I am going to be reading. And it's in Psalm 49 verse 1 to 20. Luke 20 verse 27 to chapter 21 verse 4, Deuteronomy 33 verse 1 to chapter 34 verse 12. You can check those out in the description of whatever platform you're listening to as well. But before we get into the details of that, let's check out our brew for today. And I have done one of my all-time favorites. I have chosen an Earl Grey tea. Now I really like gumboot tea, I love black tea, the tea that's got a little bit of caffeine in it, delicious. I feel like classic tea is gumboot tea. But if you want a little bit of something different, Earl Grey is a really good one to try. Now I would suggest it's a little bit of an easier tea to start with than the normal gumboot tea. Um, Because it's a little bit flowery. I'm going to see how it tastes today. Generally, I started with milk, but now I've graduated because I'm a grown-up and I have no milk with my Earl Grey tea. It is delicious. Hopefully, it will be so today. Let me give it a go. Mmm. Yep. Oof. A good old classic Earl Grey tea. Now, some would say it's a nana drink. I would not say it's a nana drink. I would say it's a delicious drink. So if you are someone who's like, mm, maybe I want to get into tea and maybe you want to stretch out beyond those herbal teas, give Earl Grey a go. It is a bit of a fave of mine. But enough of the brews. Let's get into the Bible. And today we're going to be talking from the scriptures I read earlier. When I was a child, I thought that heaven looked like a golden tennis court. And that's because my grandfather, who passed away before I was born, loved to play tennis. And I once heard my mum say, he's probably playing tennis right now, up in heaven. And so I had a picture of heaven that it was full of tennis courts. And obviously I knew that the streets of heaven were made of gold. And so, of course, the tennis courts, it only made sense that the tennis courts were also golden. And so for years and years, when I imagined heaven, I would imagine it with golden tennis courts. That was the picture I had of heaven. And I still love to wonder about heaven now, what it will be like. There's so many clues in the Bible that stir my imagination. And it's such a beautiful thing to look forward to what is coming. But it's also incredibly important that while we look forward to what is coming, that while we do that, we consider now as well. How we live here on earth matters for eternity. It's not just accepting Jesus as our Savior and Lord. That, that action gets us into heaven. That heart posture gets us into heaven, that's for sure. That confirms that we'll be with him in paradise. But also, how we live, how we obey, how we serve, how we honor, it all matters as well. And if you want to dig deeper into this, a great book to check out would be John Bevere's Driven by Eternity. It's an awesome book. It's a great read. And I would suggest that if you're interested in hearing a little bit more about this eternity conversation. 
As people of God, we have got to live with heaven in mind. As we see in each of our passages today, the importance of considering eternity. We see it in every single one. So in our psalm, we see a depiction of the wicked who simply live for the accumulation of wealth, none of which can be taken with them into eternity. Now, I don't believe there's anything wrong with being financially successful. The Bible says a good man leaves an inheritance for his children's children. But it's the heart focus and the purpose behind the accumulation of wealth that really matters. It's those in verse 6 that trust in their wealth and boast in their riches that God is not pleased with. Money is a great tool, but it isn't a great saviour, nor is it a good master. And the scripture is warning against trusting in your wealth, letting that take the place of your trust in God. This is so challenging because it's so easy to slip into that mindset that places security in our savings accounts, in our emergency funds. These things, by the way, are incredibly helpful, wise, and important. Everybody within their means should have a savings account, should have an emergency fund. But it's the question we need to ask, is that where I have put my trust? Is that where my sense of security lies? So challenging as we read his word today. You can't buy salvation. You can't buy your breakthrough and you can't buy your miracle. Our trust first and foremost and only must be in our God. Living for wealth isn't living for heaven in mind. And we see a picture in Luke when the Sadducees ask about eternity and the marriage at the resurrection. We see a picture of eternity. It's rather ironic in this moment that it's the Sadducees who are asking him about eternity because they, as a religious people, didn't believe in the resurrection at all. This was simply a test or maybe even a mocking of Jesus. But I do actually really love reading when the religious leaders try and stump Jesus and instead get totally stumped themselves. After this one, it says no one dared to ask him any more questions. But in saying that, I do, I am grateful that these Sadducees asked Jesus this question because it means that we as the readers get a glimpse of what heaven is going to be like to us. And we find out we're not going to be married in heaven, which... If I don't think about it for too long, I think it's a bit sad. But then when I think about it for a long time, I understand that while on earth marriage is amazing and oh my gosh, I love being married, even to Harry. No, especially to Harry. He's amazing. But I love being married. And while it is sad that maybe we're not going to be married in heaven, our God knows better. And we are going to be with God. We're going to be children of the resurrection. Those of us who have accepted Jesus and live for him, We're going to be children of God and that is how we will be identified. That is what's going to matter to us. I've always thought it would be cool when I get to heaven to ask Jesus to take me to a room of all the burgers I've ever eaten in my entire life or tell me how long I stood waiting in lines or how much time I spent worrying about this thing or thinking about this thing or talking to someone on the phone or whatever it is, talking to Harry on the phone when we did long distance perhaps. It is fun to think about, but in all honesty, I think when I get to heaven, I am not going to care at all because I am going to be with my God and I am going to be identifying with my new identity child of God. 
I'm going to be way too pumped hanging out with Jesus and being his kid. Our scripture in Deuteronomy is a picture of Moses at the end of his life. He's on the doorstep of eternity. Though he didn't quite make it to the promised land, this side of eternity, he still finished well. He laid hands on Joshua. He declared generational blessings over the tribes of Israel. Moses lived his life, especially the latter years, so closely and intimately with God. For the most part, he lived obediently in worship and honor to God. I can imagine he received a great welcome when he entered eternity. It's not always easy to live beyond now, especially when now seems full of enough worries of their own. But when we live for eternity, we live a life that is worth living. Is there something in your life right now that you're putting a bit too much emphasis on? Is there something that in the context of eternity is just not going to matter? Surrender that to God today. Live with heaven in mind. It's time for verse of the day. And so I'm going to read Deuteronomy chapter 33, verse 3. It says, Surely it is you who love the people. All the holy ones are in your hand. At your feet, they all bow down. And from you receive instruction. Such a beautiful verse. Our God loves the people. He holds the holy ones. That's us. He's making us holy in his hand. We all bow at his feet, at his majesty. And from him, we receive instruction. Just take some time and meditate on this verse today. If it doesn't fill you with wonder and adoration for our God, meditate on it again. It is a beautiful verse. Sometimes I love to just sit and meditate on one verse, break it down, think, dig, Pray, spend time in his presence as I think about it. Meditate on it today. And that is it for the Daily Brew. Thank you for tuning in. I hope you are encouraged today to live with heaven in mind. Come back tomorrow for our final of Tea Week. It's a super store-bought can. I think I'm done. I've got a bit muddled up today, but we are going to have an amazing day. So if it is the start of your day, have a wonderful day. If it is the end of your day, however, Good night, sleep tight, and we'll see you here tomorrow for day number 112 of The Daily Brew.